0: We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode sixty-three with Suns Fan and Cinderella. Did you just cut out? No. Okay. How are you? How was your Good. week? It was fine. I think. Great. How's your dog? We haven't talked about your dog. I know people love personal info from both of us, Yeah, especially you. Uh, My dog is
1: very nice. He actually had his first full day of his life without my girlfriend and I this Sunday because we took him to Mm -hmm. a dog hotel or whatever you call that Mm -hmm. for a bit more than 24 hours because we went on a tiny spa vacation, which was very nice. So that was also my first time trying that.
0: okay i need to hear this story
1: give me all the deets i mean what deets are there it's a really nice place it was like a place that had spa and golfing um we didn't we just we got spa access with what we booked but we didn't get any like massage or whatever we didn't want to pay or book that
0: so we just
1: you know went to the spa had a nice time had some food Uh, all right that went outside
0: all right hold on a second what does that mean? You went to the, you didn't get a massage. And what is the spot? Jacuzzi or something?
1: Yeah. So like picture, think of like a swimming hall. But then instead of it being a swimming hall, there's like different types of baths basically that you could go to like a salt heavy one, a cooler okay. one, sauna, uh, jacuzzi, these kind of things. And then you just have like free access for three hours and you, you know, go to whatever you want. So it's very you nice. How did not get a massage?
0: How? It's required. Dunland, Dunland? I feel like that's why part that, of the package. Why is that required? That the main reason I would do that is to Shannon, get my massage. dog is
1: doing great. Thanks for asking. Okay, he's a very great. good boy. He's a very, very good boy. And I think right now he's <laughs> lying downstairs and sleeping. A he's a good boy.
0: But you're yeah, not for great. not getting a massage. Anyway, uh thanks to our amazing amazing patrons uh in the In Bruges tier that support this show every single week. Sinner, would you like to take the first half this time around? Of
1: course I would. Who is that? Okay, so first up is Jimson Juice. Uh, I pinch the tip of my penis to enter Ultra, Ultra Instinct. He's still there. That's good to know. Bacon. No, not that bacon. The other bacon. Lick. Puco, Tickles. Houston. Adamo. Shark. TM. Hoey. 988. Guy with too many arms. Freshly seasoned goat balls. Change will happen. Poop feast 420 and Hugh G. Rection. You got
0: the rest. And the rest, Ben Broomhead has a broomhead. Ben Jackson is superior. My boy Dop. Koham to Uchuche. Yay. <clears throat> Fain. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore man. Ben Jackson is a liar. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Ben Broomhead is super chill and very cool. Pitch Black. Fellowship of the Ping. DG. Terry Tip. Wooden Aftertaste, Dunn Talk, The Coward, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. Thank you guys so much for supporting as we talked about. Cinderin? Yes. Thank you. You much. know the number one request that we have on the show every week in the comments. I don't. The rave review of every single piece of NBA news to hit your weekly We Say Things uh, podcast. We got more for you.
1: Definitely ya. a lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do but get a couple no people. Way. And they outweigh the, the tens of people that hate it. Um, so like I was saying last week, the, the scrimmages have begun and the quote-unquote regular season will conclude and then end in the next couple weeks here. Uh, one interesting thing that they have going on, of course everybody's in this Orlando bubble, and They're all in like a gym, mm-hmm. uh, two teams at a time obviously. And right now they have like screens that are just covering Everything that you see, like it's like in a semicircle, right? For basically where the camera is yeah. actually facing. So they're, gonna, they're partnering with Microsoft Teams. Because right now during the scrimmages, it's just mm-hmm. pictures of the logos of the teams. There's nothing special. But when the regular season starts, which is in a couple of days, they're partnering with Microsoft Teams to virtually seat fans courtside. So it's going to be a bunch of webcams <laughs> of random people watching the game. What do you think yeah. of this? That is hilarious. Uh, okay. I mean, I want to take a
1: different angle. How many okay. dicks do you think are going to be on TV? <laughs> uh,
0: that's true. Like, how, how do you prevent that? So you can, I mean, I guess
1: there's a couple of things <laughs> they can do. But if they have, like, let's say you have 10,000 cameras, right?
0: Which Somebody they don't. needs
1: to manually. Somebody needs to manually check. You put them on delay, right? So you have time to monitor what people do before it shows on screen. Mm-hmm. But you'd have to manually check all of them to make sure nobody does something uh, inappropriate. Right. I, so I can say this from first-hand <laughs> experience, right? So when we did... I don't know if I've told you this story. When we did Danish TV, uh, we did a, a Dota tournament on Danish TV. And we had a segment where we had uh, a Snapchat with the, with the viewers. So... Mm-hmm it would show up live on screen and people could send in snapchats and we were always like hey send us a snap with how you're watching the show or with a question or something cool from dota whatever it is and then at some point somebody just snapchat us a dick pic and it went live on tv um, <laughs> and it it was so funny because the preview monitor was far enough away that i couldn't really i couldn't see what it was before they already clicked it away so I just like squinted and I was like, wait, what? And the other ones clearly saw what it was, the other two co-hosts. So they were having a huge laugh. That's awesome. And then it went on like one of our a Danish night show, which was also by the same TV channel. They, it went on there and they thought it was absolutely hilarious and they ran with that. So after that we had to pre-monitor them, obviously. But that was very small scale. Hmm. Now this one is gonna be, I don't know,
0: absurd, right? Like if you have I don't know how many they're expecting to have. Uh, uh i think but, let me see if it's said in the article or not it's not thousands more than
1: 300 like more than 300 fans yeah. okay it says here
0: which is yeah. I mean, you know, we'll technically manageable it's a cool idea yeah with
1: technology yeah. so no, maybe agree. it'll be cool Who knows? but imagine
0: I, imagine being that guy that has to filter it out just uh, like instead of watching the game you're going to be watching 300 webcams yeah what kind of a f- terrible job is that
1: uh, if it's 300 it's manageable with a decent well, it's
0: manageable, people, but guess. it's also miserable,
1: but that's sure, not... but yeah, my perspective from before was, how do you do it, but if it's three hundred, you know yeah. you can handle that with a couple people I guess. so
0: that's gonna be next week, I believe by then the games will have already started, so I'll be able to comment on what they what they look like, mm-hmm. but uh, one other thing do, in the do NBA, you pay for this? Do you pay oh, to be a fan on there? I don't know,
1: yeah, or is no it idea. just random, like is somebody randomly selected no clue. Or do you apply? couldn't tell and you they get like a nice it's like a, it's like you apply it to be on a tv show and they get like a nice representation
0: i mean i'm sure there'd be the plenty fans. of people that want to pay to be on tv so yeah, it's not like being in the stands for the NBA. it's going to be bigger than that i believe or more noticeable at the very least um and it's great because your signs won't actually get in anybody's way you know i always hated that true one of the games yeah you just uh, block when, your own view That's true. Uh, One other piece of news from the NBA bubble, which I found hilarious. Uh, So, there's been kind of some speculation on whether... Like, the players aren't technically locked in this area. They're technically free to leave, but if they do, it's against the rules. Does that make sense? So, they're not imprisoned, but if they leave, then they have to (laughs) re-quarantine, and it just fucks everything up, right? They're taking it very seriously. So, one guy got uh, back into the quarantine now because he went... Outside of the bubble to get his food. Okay, that was the first mm-hmm. guy. But the more hilarious one, and this is one that's made a lot of news, this guy named Lou Williams, who's part of the Clippers, apparently went to a fucking strip club. <laughs> and now it's like it's news, it's like front page news for the NBA. And now he has to re-quarantine. He's gonna be investigated on why the fuck he's at a strip club during, <laughs> during the lockdown. Uh, it's
1: kind of it's it's funny to hear those stories because sometimes when we think about dota we're like man sometimes players do really stupid shit like why would you do that and then you just remember well it happens everywhere like there's just dumb stuff being like just just dumb decisions you know like why would you why would you ever do that like it's just incredible the funny
0: thing is he's not even a young player either he's a veteran He's been in the league a yeah. long time. so. Yeah, well, maybe,
1: maybe he knows his way around the strip club scene, and he was like, this one's too good to pass up on. I know all he, of them. and this He does have a
0: reputation, actually. Okay. Uh, he yeah. may or may oh, not be a sex addict as well. Uh, that's my yeah, theory, that's, at least.
1: That is true. It could be like a, a health thing, to be honest. Like, if he actually can't stop himself, then it's obviously well, when you, quite when a when big you have problem. Have then you should have probably cleared that before you went into this. Like, yeah. found a solution for that. Instead of just yeah, gambling probably. that, no, nah, I'll handle it this time. When I'm stuck yeah, inside and, a basketball arena.
0: And it's <laughs> not fine. even, it's just not, it's not some random player. It's actually a really important player for a contending team. So he could actually fuck things up real bad if he continues that behavior. Oh. But anyway, on to the episode itself. We have a lot of topics, but none of them are like, I mean, I guess this is probably the biggest news here. Uh, Seb has returned to OG and has replaced Sumail, who is no longer on the team. Yes. Thoughts. Thoughts, Cinderin?
1: I don't know it's like it's hard to say because we've talked I feel like we've talked about this team before a couple of times on this podcast with how I interpret like their infrastructure and what's really unique and strong about them and to me Seb plays an absolutely key role that he can play partially I think as a coach but not fully and I think it just comes down to from his perspective what he wants the most like it's motivation driven Uh, he felt like he wanted to take a break it was indefinite And now he feels the drive to play again and I think that team will do what they can to get him back on the active roster because he is a huge piece in how their team works both in and out of game. That's the way it seems based on what what I know about him, Mm -hmm. uh, what I know about No-Tail, conversations I've had and stuff we've seen in uh, Truesight, right? So honestly I can't say it's too surprising that if Seb wants to come back they'll make it happen. I think the big shame here is that Sumail didn't get to play a big tournament with OG. It would have been cool to see, right? Because uh, people obviously speculate. Some people are probably thinking, "Ah, oh, Sumail was too full of himself, so they wanted to get rid of him." Because you know they're the master team; they've won two TIs. I don't
0: think. Oh, hello, Cinderin. Can you hear me? Oh dear. All right, we're back as Cinderin. I'm <laughs> uh, gonna blame our, this on just,
1: We just stopped having audio for some reason. The server just disconnected. Yeah, that was Strange. That was very. I, I was
0: literally watching Cinderin talk uh, for a good minute and a half to himself. Um, yeah. But continue I with love your amazing every thoughts, Cinderin. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll
1: try to. It's always hard to se- tell it the second time. But, like, basically, you know, people will be speculating about different things. Uh, one of the narratives I've read is that Samel is too full of himself or whatever, and OG couldn't deal with that because they're, you know, two time TI champs. I don't really think it's something like that. Mm. Just think you're a team like OG, one of your backbones wants to take a break. You obviously respect it. He gets the drive back, he wants to come back. Uh, I think Seb is a huge part of everything this team has accomplished, and especially his partnership with, with No Tail and how they run this team. So uh, I think you just try to make that happen. Obviously, the, the shame here is that Samael didn't really get to play a, a big tournament with the team. I think that would have been good to see. Um, but yeah, what, what the deeper reasons are, who knows? Like It could be something as simple as Seb wants to come back. We really want to make that happen. Or maybe it was a bad fit. Maybe Samael didn't fit so well with the team personally, in terms of communication, play style. There's a lot of complexity to stuff like this. Um, but I think also based on the way they announced this, I think it's more of like a positive outlook for OG that they just really want to get Seb back. And they look at what makes most sense for their roster. Uh, and they, I, I'm assuming based on that, they think mid one is a better fit than Sumail for what they're trying to do. Because Sumail can also play carry, right? We've seen that.
0: Uh, but Right. Well, to there's Mid-1 also there. speculation about the fact that, I mean, I, I believe Sumail's still in the US. Am I wrong yeah, in that? Probably. And, no, I think he is. And people in the U.S. just can't leave because of the Corona yeah. situation. So that may have played. I feel like if that played it more of a role, they would, would well. have mentioned that in the, the probably, post. probably yeah right. I feel like that's something you it, would say
1: because your yeah, mid one was playing with the worst ping of the whole team from Malaysia, right? And then he he's mm-hmm. on boot, at boot camp now with OG, so they're together now. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, don't know. Either way, like cool to see setback. He's a great dude. He's really good at the game. Um, he's very articulate, so I think he's a good character to have. Um, and I think he'll help OG back on track. It' There's something special about this team that makes it feel like the sum is so much greater than it, its parts, right? It's like whenever they lose one link, the team just feels so different, and they've still lost a link in Ana, so we'll see how it works with mid one as the only one out, but every time they've lost a link it's just been a very different team, and that's it's very interesting to think about about Dota as a game that even the best team in the world in two of the, the biggest tournaments can can fall with minor adjustments. Things can just get a lot worse. So it's it's very interesting.
0: All right, let's let's talk um, about it from two perspectives now. So let's start with OG. Okay. Do you think yeah. Jerex <laughs> and uh, Anna come back before the next Oh TI? yeah, Jerex
1: too. Wow. I only said Anna. Yeah, they're still missing pieces. I'm missing two pieces still. I don't know why I only was thinking
0: on a So on. Jer- for me, Jerax's retirement felt super finalized. Uh, the Seb thing, like from the beginning, I think we even mentioned this. Like mm-hmm. I said I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back because he's venturing into a new thing. He wanted to do the whole, you know, get a Counter-Strike team, maybe mentor yeah. them a bit. But you never know if that's going to work out or if that's even something that you're going to like doing. I'm sure he did yep. like it, but still, that drive to be the Dota player and whatnot. is. Felt really finalized to me. Like that one, I would actually be surprised if he comes back. Anna, on the other hand, can come back anytime. Who the fuck knows what's going on with him? No, Anna
1: can't come back anytime. He can come back
0: up to three months before TI. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think before that. So, mid one's going to get screwed, is what you're saying. Sox is in a good
1: spot. He needs to collect his paycheck so he can go play (laughs) poker and then he can disappear again for a year after TI. Right. Uh, Now, Jarex. Uh, Jarek's also made a post actually he responded uh, he made a post on reddit talking about like how it's been a really great decision for him to step back how he's discovered a lot of stuff about himself personally um and like he really needed that where dota played like a different role in his life uh and just based on that wording he he was like celebrating and supporting seven was like it's great let's go uh but also try kind of clearing up that it kind of sounded like a post he made because he didn't want pressure and he didn't want people to have false expectations and hope that he comes back and then it, they just get hmm. disappointed that the OG squad won't be back. Because I think for now, no, uh, the, the Jerex thing is probably just not happening. Um, and yeah, we've talked about that in the previous episode, actually. Uh, Jarek's exit and how that can be a very good thing for someone to do, even after you've won twice. It might be hard to understand for people yep. that you know dream of playing on this stage, but it's very, uh, very personal thing.
0: So, from OG's side, I mean, we didn't really get to see them at full strength, especially considering the internet issues, if you want to call it that, the regional mm-hmm. issues. So now that Seb is in hand, they have I believe is Soxa at the boot camp as well. I mean, I know he lives. I in I think Europe, so. so. I think they're all there. So I think so. That team on paper, obviously, extremely good. Mid one, mm-hmm. a little bit of a transition to position one. Do you think that they are going to? be the favorites i mean obviously secret is the one to beat right now uh yeah you think it's gonna take them a little more time because of that transition change with mid one or is it mm. going to be a little more seamless because he's the only one now that's in a slightly different position than he's used to yeah. before sumail as three which obviously was weird on paper what do you think going forward for this team i think they're
1: going to be really good obviously um it's always you know the thing with og is that you're always going to be comparing them against themselves at ti top form um and I don't know if you ever see that top form outside of TI for this team. It's just something about that event that really makes them go all-in. Um, so I think, like, their true potential, you kind of have to wait for a while. Uh, it's not to say that these online tournaments don't matter, but I, I would just say experience shows that OG just aren't playing on the same level as they are at TI. Um, and I think that will probably make it hard for them to be favorites because you have a team like Secret who play arguably their best outside of TI, at least historically. Um, so... The gap there is something they have to close. But as far as mid-1's ability to play carry, I think mid-1 can play every role. I think he's super good at the game. I think he has great game understanding, communication, shot calling, everything. Um, so it's just a matter of how how little worse is he at it than his best role? I think that's the way I want to look at it. Like, Can he play a 95% carry of his mid or something like that? And he has played... Some of his mid-heroes and side lanes, that was one of the things Secret took a lot of advantage of when they had mid-one, was swapping players around on the rolls or on the lanes. So he's definitely comfortable with playing the map in different ways. Uh, so I think he's going to be completely fine.
0: Okay. And what about Sumail? Uh, he, I wouldn't Don't, say he's... No idea. He, He's not damaged goods. Uh, no. He's not gotten to that point at all. Obviously, he's still young. Uh, there's always been questions about his personality clash potentially with teammates. I, him and PPD clashed. I mean, that again, it's PPD, so take that with a grain of salt, no pun intended. Um, what does he do? Because NA teams right now, he, he tried making it work with his brother, with the Quincy crew, mm. right? Didn't work out for, I don't know what reason. We still don't know what reason. It could have been contract related, but didn't seem to be because OG got Sumail. Maybe they bought him out. Uh, that's a really expensive temporary player, if that's the case. Yeah. What does he do now? I mean, he has plenty of time, but yeah. does he try to squeeze into a current roster or try to create his own team of random NA people? Does he move to another country if he can even get out of the country he, to try to play? The
1: least likely thing is that he makes a team with other NA people that are like up and coming. I don't think Samel is the kind of player who would do that. I think he will very much look toward playing for uh, a top team, such as what he did with OG. And <clears throat> I don't think... I don't think Simele has any reason to be worried about his name. like Especially because, yeah, you got replaced out of OG, but let's look at the bigger picture here. You got replaced for one of the players that won TI twice with this team and that people know is integral to the team. You got replaced during Corona, and you got replaced without playing a major online tournament. So it's not like you've shown very poor performance in high-pressure matches or something like that. So if you want to look at stock, I think... I don't know. I wouldn't really rate him any lower than I did, uh, than I did before. I think he's still a super good player. Um as far as the personality things you know i haven't been there so i can't really say that uh but i i would say that what it seems like with Samel else that he's matured a lot it's what happens to a lot of these young players they can mature really quickly because of how fast things move right um so i i don't know um i think the most likely thing is probably that he plays for one of the top na teams and there's probably some people shaking a little bit there like uh Quincy crew are they trying to get him on carry or mid or what about four zoomers does he want to play with that team the Um, team that
0: makes the most sense is business associates so so it's fear yeah business associates
1: as well yeah
0: I'm looking at their current roster because I wasn't up to date obviously Brax my boy position three Moo is playing position one and fear position five those are the three quote unquote solidified I don't know who the other two are right now uh, right made some changes so in theory they're probably is available yeah yeah I would be shocked if they're not it's possible uh, that would be pretty. Cool I think it
1: it comes down to what Samel's perspective is right now. If he just really wants to play, or if he wants to w- wait for the right thing. And that's what that's a dilemma a lot of pros are in uh, across the years. Where you get off a good team, you look at the perspectives that are there. Maybe there is a team you can join, but don't really want to. And there's a team you really want to join, but don't get invited to. And then you're like, okay, should I just wait until things shake up again in X months and just lie low? Is
0: EE actually on that lineup? That's what the chat's saying right now. Is he mid right now for them? If he is, I then, think.
1: Uh, I think he is, yeah.
0: I mean, would you? I, I would instantly swap, no offense <laughs> to Eternal Envy, but that's an instant it, it's, swap. For me.
1: It's two things, though, right? It's what he wants and it's what they want,
0: right? Envy so, could play one, not, position one. Yeah. that That's what I he I still that, think it's his best role. That was his best role historically with Secret. Yeah. That's the best he's played, is on position yep. one. Um,
1: and then move to offlane. It right. is possible.
0: move back to offlane, the god on Timbersaw. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Okay, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Possible. Uh, okay. Next thing, prize pool is now at thirty million dollars, Cinderin. So we're only about four or five away from matching last year's, and we have a lot of time to go uh, on yep. this on this outline. I have put a note for myself to list things to be released that we can talk about. I never did that, so we're going to go off of memory. Uh, okay. We have the Windrunner Arcana. We yep. have the Punch Persona. Pudge Persona. We have the announcer guy yeah. thingy, and what else? Yeah. The collector or the Immortals Three, obviously, is yeah. still a ways away uh-huh. since two came out. And is that is that it? Anything major off the top of your head? That might be it. I so think that might be it. They got something. Got a majority of it.
1: Something I want to point out that's interesting about these graphs, right? Is that when you look at the graph for how the prize pool rises, you you always know there's going to be like these big boosts when the weekend offer comes out or when one of the arcana's come out or whatever. But Treasure Two barely made it move. Actually, it's still it had like a tiny bump, but it's still overall just on the same logarithmic progression here, um, which is kind of interesting because it means that people don't really specifically very much at least buy levels with the purpose of getting the treasure that they want. But the people that want something from the treasure will mostly have had enough already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if it's an ultra rare thereafter, it's like probably a small minority that keep leveling up in the hope of getting that ultra rare, but not it doesn't seem to be like a very common trend. Uh, if you compare it to any of the other big releases where it like spiked like hard. I think Immortals can three will have common.
0: more of a bump just because you don't have as many to work with, so like for I, don't, I haven't looked at how many I actually have, so this might be bullshit. But for Immortals 2, I'm like level 180. I got the exact amount needed to open the guaranteed ones. So I imagine yeah. for 3, that is not the case. I could be wrong, but is anything? I like got the, the Ursa, increase.
1: by the way. Just wanted to let you know.
0: In how many chests?
1: 37, I think. Oh, well,
0: Thirty. It was lucky. That's it's lot.
1: lucky. It's definitely lucky.
0: Yeah. Neil opened 62, I believe, and did not get the Ursa. Yeah.
1: I don't even think that's unlucky either. I, I don't remember what the odds are when you're up to
0: 60. It might still be like, like a 10%, 10%. Or yeah. yeah. So That's insane. It is a good set, though. Not going to lie. Really, really good. I yeah. love the little baby. I, I love
1: it very much, Shannon. I love that you don't have it.
0: <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> it, 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 that, that one doesn't bother me. I don't play enough Ursa to really give a shit. If it was a centaur and he had a baby uh, rhinoceros on his back for whatever reason, then I'd be very upset. I might have to upgrade my companion. Oh, wow. A baby rhinoceros. (laughs) I don't know. A little baby horse. Just like a a literal horse head growing out of the back of his neck. (laughs) That would be okay. I would pay so much. Right now, I'm just
1: picturing a centaur set that's literally the horse head of our (laughs) IP.
0: That's a free idea. Valve, if you're watching this, just get, uh, we can supply you with our logo. Just make that into a mask that goes over the current centaur and i would spend a lot of money for that and i'm sure our fans would do the same we don't even need the percentage just seeing a horse head alone is satisfaction enough so we're more than on track to beat last year which is no big surprise considering uh all the stuff that is in the battle pass right now and everything being catered to you know incentivize more spending than previous years so uh what what number did we end up on actually Wish I wrote that down. I think mine was like 40 something. Oh, which...
1: I can't remember what I predicted either. Um, I have to go back. But yeah, like realistically, Windranger will probably cost a spike if they make that very well. Yeah. Uh, if Treasure 2 is anything to go by, Treasure 3 will probably just continue the trajectory. And then Pudge Persona is a big question mark for me. Like, I have no idea how good that's going to be and how much people are going to like it. And what people are going to expect, because a lot of people felt let down by the Antimage one. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to go above and beyond with the Pudge one to kind of try to compensate for that, or like take the feedback, which was it was still polarized, like we talked about on our on our podcast, I think episode sixty or whatever or sixty one. Um, I thought it was all right. Um, I didn't mind it too much, but a lot of people thought it was meh, including you. So I don't know what the fractions are.
0: My I have How come w- to overall. realize that my tastes are not mm-hmm. of the majority. And this is more evident, just to go on a little tangent, with Valorant, where I hate like basically every skin they've ever made, okay, <laughs> except for one, which I did purchase because I play the game so much, and it's a dragon skin. It turns your gun into a living dragon that has all these cool animations. People absolutely hated it. And then the immediate successor to that is like this samurai Japanese-inspired skin that I think is the literal ugliest thing I've ever seen in a game before that everyone seems to love beyond belief so i i concede that i am not of the majority i prefer dragons maybe you're
1: just in the wrong age group because you know it's a lot of overlap with league of legends and dragons dragons, dragons are, are serious as, no dra- dragons are for for fine fine uh, connoisseurs of uh, <laughs> of history <laughs> yes. whereas uh, sa- <laughs> samurais are what people are used to having in games such as fortnite where you just have a... No, you don't have a sword, though. I don't know where I'm going with this. I also, well, I don't know what the... Av- I, I wonder, actually, you know what? This is an interesting thing. I wonder what the average age of players is between comparing League of Legends, uh, Valorant, and CSGO. Because, like, my guess would be it's in between League and CSGO, right? But yes, which end of sure. the scale is it, do you think? Is it, like, a younger or an older player base? I think it's probably to the older side. Yeah, that slightly more to the older button up with people, right?
0: I've definitely noticed a lot of ten year olds in games. Okay. And I'm always very nice to them on the microphones because I know they're Are you basing you know,
1: that off how many people have the samurai sword? And just assigning them <laughs> the age of ten.
0: Uh or? no. Although there are okay. a lot of the samurai sword guns in the game, not gonna lie. Right. Uh but segueing from your Fortnite comment uh to Newbie, who of course were uh, involved in a lot of drama earlier this... Was it this year or last? I don't know. Whatever it was. Uh, the Fortnite team is in a current drama right now. The org has been accused of match fixing in the CDA for Dota 2, which you We've guys know, to leading about to their essential disbanding. Yeah. And Newbie trapped their players in contracts and stole all Fortnite prize money mm-hmm. since uh wc which one is that world um, cup world cup including world two cup. world cup qualifiers so this is over a hundred thousand dollars stolen what is going on with newbie they they are just crashing and burning like none i've ever seen in esports this is crazy Once yeah, the top i I have to TI? admit like
1: when it comes when it comes to chinese orcs, i'm just really not in the know of what's going on there so I don't know if there's like been some sort of new ownership or transfer of responsibilities or whatever, but something has definitely happened in the last months here where either the company got like super threatened on bottom line and just went anywhere they could to cut costs and basically scam their own players, hmm. or there's one guy that came in and just has really just messed up everything out of greed or whatever it is. I don't know which one it is, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to point fingers or say this and that person is responsible for everything, but the bottom line is it fucking sucks because the people that get hurt the most, it's the players. They are the ones that suffer the big consequences, at least for now, right? Fortnite World Cup players that have earned a lot of money, especially in China, that just don't get paid for playing in the World Cup. Like, Imagine that. And then this whole Dota 2 scandal as well. It's probably not out of nowhere, right? So absolutely yeah. just... I mean, uh,
0: the, there's definitely a connection there. And I, I would be interested in knowing yeah. like the how these game devs or the tournament organizers look at things from other games? Because obviously the Dota 2 one is one of the worst things that's happened in our scene for a, yeah. a team of that caliber. <clears throat> and now you have this on top of it. Is this something that you feel like, I don't know what other teams they have for what games, but it feels like this would be a global ban. Like If I was, another, if I was a game dev for another game and team newbie, Had one of the teams, I would just instantly disqualify them forever. I mean, I think
1: that's just the safe play, right? At least until there's more... It's always tricky because people can throw these allegations at them, but if there's proof been posted already that players haven't been paid, um, and there's... I don't know exactly what the development has been in the Dota 2 case either, but like if if it's at that point with this stuff uh, the safe play for for any organizer is to not invite newbie uh not necessarily indefinitely ban the brand but at least hold back on bringing them to any tournaments until the these like things are cleared right it's just there's too much to lose um yep. but yeah if if newbie is at this point it's probably just you know just done right um,
0: sounds like they're cutting their losses like you were saying like they probably lost their, their, their last money. their
1: last tweet <clears throat> Jesus, their last tweet was in February so I think they've just stopped operating that as well hmm. um, they used to tweet relatively actively, I think it was uh, it was one of the pretty famous Twitter guys that worked for Newbie yeah. and I think he got fired, that's how I remember it and I guess they've just left it on ice they're just not using that part of so they're not really using their biggest portal to western audience fans
0: um, imagine if they just start tweeting yeah. again as if nothing happened <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys! So yeah, that's the drama from Team Newbie and just going into just general Chinese player drama Cinder, and There's been, there was a big thread on Reddit yesterday that I figured I would put in here to talk about because it's something that we don't talk enough about because we don't really have access to, you know, Chinese player drama and their lifestyles and whatnot. But apparently there's three pieces of drama that we can discuss. Uh, A couple of them are kind of short. So (laughs) Ehom, <laughs> this one's going to sound weird in out of context here, but apparently Team Ehome went to eat at a hot pot place owned in part by Jing and Silar. They found a bug in their food on two different occasions, so they refused to eat it and left. The restaurant apparently called the cops and then got review bombed. And this is like some big drama now in China. Um, I'm not sure how this connects exactly, but this is just part of like the week that China... The China Dota scene has had. The second thing is Burning apparently has burned a lot of bridges. Uh, he sold a lot of the skins that fans gifted him. Uh, he was also criticized by Inflame after a match uh, in a pub, I believe. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding, based on the translations, Inflame was doing it in a very careful and methodical, you know, not in a flamey way necessarily, but Burning completely raged. And said he would refuse to commentate any game with Inflame in it. And he obviously cursed him out and it blew up into something big. And even though Burning was the most beloved player, people are starting to turn on him. Uh, and he la- <laughs> he later sent a gift to Inflame on his stream in Dota and apologized to the fans, but not to Inflame himself. Uh, so I guess Burning... And this is the thing to understand. I don't even fully understand. it. Maybe you understand it a little bit better than me, but like the Dota streamers there, the Dota players are so beyond celebrities. It's crazy. Like it's not even remotely close to any anything else that Dota has right now. They are yeah. huge. And Darning was the most popular for the longest time, and it sounds like he's kind of fallen from grace uh to some respect. And then yeah. We'll just wrap it up with this last one and you can give your thoughts, but Zhao 8. I'm just going to read this specific entire thing that this guy posted. Uh, Yesterday, some fan posted a screenshot of Zhao 8's wife's private social media post. She said that her parents' in-law didn't allow her to take her son back to Shanghai and she already called the police. She also included a picture of one black eye. Earlier today, Zhao 8 started the stream crying. He said that he and his wife had an argument some time ago, but nothing too serious. At the end, Zhao Eight suggested that they stop seeing each other for a few days to cool down and he will send their three-year-old son to their parents. However, his wife suddenly went to his parents' place and created a big scene. There were conflicts, but not physical. On stream, Zhao Eight said he's very tired of the marriage and wants a divorce, that Chat keeps asking him not to make an emotional decision and should consider his son's well-being as well. Zhao 8 replied that he understands the concern, but he's very clear about this decision. The Rift is not about this one incident. Their values just do not match. This is a big shock to most fans, as Zhao 8's wife used to appear on a stream quite a bit, and they looked perfectly happy. After his second wedding, a running joke in the stream is to, wish, <clears throat> is to wish Zhao 8 having an even better wedding next time. Zhao Ed and his wife would laugh at the joke together as well. Unfortunately, it looks like the joke is becoming a reality. So that is the drama. Any of yeah. these you want to talk about in specific?
1: Well, there was one thing that stood out to me in this one, right? Obviously, I mean, every time something like this happens to anyone, whether it doesn't need to be anyone famous, uh, it's obviously sad, right? Like when, when things just don't work out for whatever reason and you've built kind of a life together and things just stop matching. So that's obviously super shit for him and for his wife um i found it interesting this like i don't know if this is more of a chinese perspective where they're like don't so correct me if i'm wrong with how i'm reading this but it sounds like don't make an emotional decision about leaving your wife if it affects your kid a lot like isn't that exactly the kind of reason that you leave a relationship for is because you don't match emotionally and it's draining you like sometimes you can't just use logic for stuff like this and be like yeah but it's good for my kid so i'm gonna tough it out even though we don't mesh well together, my wife and I, for the next 10 years, we're just going to handle it for our kids' sake. I feel like that's kind of, I don't know. Is it weird to say that that's like a kind of, a, at least for me, it's like a an, a more old-fashioned way of thinking about it? Where, it's very
0: common, though. But I agree that it's, in. of course, every instance is going to be different. But in most cases, if you're that unhappy together, it's probably worse for the yeah. kid to live through that. I, mean,
1: I would definitely say, from from my perspective of how I understand, at least how things are in Denmark with stuff like this, if people don't work together... They don't. And it sucks that it affects the child, but it's probably going to be better than if you force a relationship for your child's sake, where the child will then grow up with parents that hate each other. Like, I don't okay. see that as being better in any way. But uh, I just found that interesting, because that kind of stood out to me as something that I wouldn't expect to be something that the fans requested. Like, I don't... Like, think in, Imagine if, uh, if a Western player and his girlfriend or wife and their child, if this happened in the West and it got public, do you think these posts would be like that? I don't
0: I don't know. Rob, like, if, if both of them were public figures, maybe. I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Yeah, He's, perhaps. To my understanding, these players, like, they stream a lot and their personal lives mm-hmm. are out there a lot more than what we're used to. Um, I mean, I believe, I could be wrong. I think Xiaowei's first wife he met on a TV show right? Or something strange I think that
1: that one was... uh, I think they were already dating when they made the TV show. I mean, it's obviously a lot of the times it's super scripted, right? I think they already dated and then they did the TV show. That's what I heard anyway. Okay. Um, But the second thing about this, and then I'll I'll just leave it at that, uh, was this is another example of something we talked about in a previous episode where, you know, people only see what they see. They don't see the whole truth. And people are like, wow, this is really surprising. They look so happy together on stream. Well... You're not going to go on stream and throw a fit and create drama. So when they show up on stream together, of course, they're going to seem happy and have a good time and enjoy it, right? If you're angry at each other, you're not going to go stream. (laughs) So again, people can very easily make assumptions about what people are truly like or who they are and how their relationships are. Fact of the matter is, you don't know. So uh, this is just another example of that where, wow, they looked so happy together. What happened? Like. They could have been unhappy for a long time but just had like good spurts, or good moments where they stream. And their relationship for all that we know could be going down the drain for half a year and nobody knows outside of them. And that's how it should be. That's their personal and private lives. So yeah, I think that it's,
0: yeah. it, it is common to, I mean, I can't blame people for thinking that, right? Because that's all they have access to. And they, I mean, like you said, you're not going to turn on your stream and say, "God, I fucking hate my wife." Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it would be entertaining, but it wouldn't uh, help your relationship out. Um, no. But yeah, so that's the drama of the Chinese scene. Um, obviously, yep. every scene has their drama. The 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 hot pot one I found particularly hilarious, especially pretty funny when yeah. combined with these two other stories that are a little bit more serious. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's what we have this week. Okay, so next thing on the list, Cinderin. Uh, I believe yep. StarCraft 2 has had its 10th anniversary, um, yeah. and you have some things to discuss. Bring it yeah, to so
1: me. we we usually don't really talk about StarCraft, um, but there was one patch. This got pitched to me by somebody who very uh, religiously watches our podcast, um, and I thought it was... It's actually kind of interesting to just think about at least what the perspective is here. So what they've basically done is in the public uh, public test release patch of July 14th, so it's two weeks ago now, they updated the map editor a lot. And basically what they've done is that they've made all the assets from Warcraft 3 available in StarCraft 2. Uh, so there's like a lot of new ways of programming custom maps into StarCraft that supposedly should basically make you able to make, game, make custom games like in Warcraft, just in the StarCraft 2 engine. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is that I'm trying to understand from a from a company standpoint why do you do this and why do you do it now like do you finally realize we've we've missed an opportunity with this map editor stuff uh, the best map editor we have is warcraft 3 we want to put a lot of the things that people loved about custom games into starcraft because in starcraft 2 custom games just never took off in the same way as they did in warcraft did it take them 10 years to realize that the assets were what was missing or like I, i'm just trying to understand like and get your perspective on this because I, I just i just don't know like is this just somebody who got hired by Blizzard and is doing this as like a a project to maybe to show skill? Uh, or well, it's is
0: really weird. I think for from their perspective, this is just speculation. Just from like a business side of things, it's hard to monetize. Well, what's something in it like for this, them? Right. Well, at yeah. this point, there's it's maybe just more of a, a test bed to see if this is something they should do in the future. For imagine like Warcraft 10 years Four ago, comes right? out. Well. Sure. In theory, I mean, this is the thing. Blizzard has made so many bad decisions. Like, we talk a lot of shit about Blizzard, and Mm -hmm. it's warranted. But the fact of the matter is they're a big reason why a lot of us got into gaming to begin with. They were, like, the literal gods back in the day. And a big part of that was because there were so many great mods that the community made off of their engine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, why they didn't do this earlier, I have no idea. Why they never picked up Dota? Like, that's the biggest question mark of all time in gaming, in my opinion. Like, why would you not take one of the yeah, I don't know. most popular mods of all time on your own in game. your game? <laughs> why would you let Valve take it? I mean, I'm thankful yeah. because it—I genuinely think it came out better than anything Blizzard would have made, especially considering the track record as of late. But I think, but Blizzard could have also made it years prior as well. True. Like both
1: yeah. Blizzard and Valve were kind of slow to pick up on the, like on the player base of that genre, right? Mm. Uh, I would say so. Like. I think you could see the trajectory of of Warcraft Three custom games and of Dota relatively early on, especially Dota, like the huge player base that it has across had across the world for like a couple of years. Uh, and Blizzard just didn't—I guess they just didn't think it was going to be worth it as a standalone game. Maybe so, I, I mean, th- it's possible to have concerns like that, right? The game is free in one of your games. It's there's a custom mod. Can you take and monetize that without causing outrage? Like. In some perspectives, you know, these other companies that invested a lot of resources into making a standalone game took a relatively big risk, right? Like, Mm. maybe people only liked it as a custom game in Warcraft 3. Maybe people would hate them for trying to monetize a game that they have for free. Uh, maybe they couldn't reinvent the game enough on their own to make it feel like a standalone game was warranted, you know, whatever well, I it was. Feel like
0: but. <clears throat> if somebody makes a successful mod, and we've seen this so many times before, the devs can just offer them jobs, and most of the time they take it. Yeah. I mean, look at Counter-Strike, look at Team Fortress, look at, uh, yep. I mean, Dota in theory. I mean, Ice Frog went to Han mm. for a while and tried his own thing, and then Valve offered him a job, and he jumped ship. Like, yep. it's not like they're asking for the world. I mean, maybe Ice Frog was asking for a little bit more creative freedom, I have no idea. Probably, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I think history will show that that is more than warranted based on what he's been able to do. Yep. So, this feels more like, I don't know if it's a last ditch effort. It's either, it's one of two things, right? Because for me, and I know StarCraft 2 hasn't been as big of a failure as I kind of have said in the past, but I look at it, I've always looked at it that way because Brood War was so good mm. and StarCraft Two just never even came close. Uh, in both execution and popularity and everything like they they pave the way for esports and they don't lead it by any stretch of the imagination now like not even remotely do you close.
1: think objectively starcraft 2 was just a worse game like in every aspect or was it just the times that rts were on the way down when I mean, starcraft 2 came out
0: i think i mean i that's a tough question because it's been a, a long time since i played starcraft 2 but I just mm-hmm. remember a lot of stuff that they added I thought was unnecessary. Like I felt like they could have just copied Brood War and just put on a new engine. That's what I was hoping for because Brood War was a perfect game in so many ways. It just was limited by its game engine. Right. Um, they just added too, much, too many new things. They tried to get greedy with the, the model where they came out with three different games, essentially. Um, and yeah, you're right. RTS did go downhill, and maybe that would have happened anyway. There's no way to know but Hmm. but hopefully they get some good some good data out of this because that's really the biggest thing they're going to get they're going to get some people to come in and create some cool mods i'm sure maybe something will take off yeah Um, or will they right
1: because that's just what i'm thinking like yeah you're a you're a guy who sees this now and you're like "Eh, yeah too little too late right this could have been cool five years ago 10 years ago now i'm working on other stuff instead I don't know. Like, I'm just... It's curious to me. It's so peculiar time. It's the timing that really throws me off about this. It feels so random. Hmm. Unless they're going to make, like, some sort of contest where uh, they're going to have a a reward for the best map, and they're kind of trying to reignite custom games or something in their own games, Uh, which would be interesting then. But, yeah, it seems weird.
0: Well, we'll see. All right, next topic is... The U.S. Army has halted their Twitch presence, Cinderin. And this is mostly due to negative backlash from both banning people who mentioned war crimes on the, on the Twitch channel and for doing giveaways that led to recruitment pages. Uh, and I believe there's a one of the politicians in trying to pass a law where the U.S. Army can't uh, try to recruit people via video games and stuff like that. But it, for me, it's, it's always kind of funny because there's so much criticism about how games... Uh, have this like a lot of these politicians just can't get over this fact that violent video games don't cause violence in real life right they just can't get away from the Mm -hmm. real facts right and i find it very hypocritical and hilarious at the same time when those same people create video games that are violent such as america's army did you ever play that game by the way no No. uh it was horrible it's like super realistic which made me come to, real, like come to appreciate the fantasy elements in games sometimes. But anyway, they make stuff like that to recruit people to literal video games, uh, via literal video games. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of this whole... Uh, <laughs> this is so I,
1: random. My, my biggest takeaway from this honestly, like I, I don't really want to talk about this too much, but I remember, I remember this. I saw a tweet and it's, there's another tweet linked in this article. I think maybe it's happened twice. I remember seeing this tweet on Twitter and laughing my ass off that the US Army... Was tweeting ooo woo as a response to something. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. thought that was so fucking hilarious <laughs> and out of character. That I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, that is going to be one of the dumbest things I've seen. What, what, what's going trying on with to that? Keep like, up with the kids, know? Know. you know? They're trying to be hit. Yeah, it's re- it really is that, the, you know, that classic image macro with uh, how you're doing, fellow kids, right? With the, uh, <laughs> what's that actor's name again? Is it Steve Buscemi? Who has that Buscemi? role where he, Buscemi, yeah. It, it, but it is that—that that is his name, right? Steve Buscemi with the, um, with the skateboard or whatever it is, and then the shirt that says metal band. Dude, uh, I believe what is so. going on? Why is the U.S. Army tweeting woo and getting thirty k? Li- I mean, I'm not surprised they're getting a lot of likes on it because it's fucking hilarious. But wow, <laughs> that is just so out of character. That is really funny. Yeah,
0: I but mean, what, what do you or, think of the idea but, though of like any country? Like, forget about it being U.S. based. Any country trying to recruit people via a Twitch channel. Do you think that's weird? Do you think that should be allowed? Do you think it, does it matter? I find it weird, but I don't know how to feel about it at the same time, you know?
1: I I kind of think it's one of the things that the military will struggle with, at least based based on Denmark. And I'm assuming in the US, it's kind of going in the same direction where going to the military is becoming less and less of a popular choice uh, where they kind of have to fight to get conscripts. I don't know if that's the right word, get recruits for it. Um, so you, from their perspective, it's, I mean, it's still, it is a business, right? So you need to try to reach the right people. And if you're feeling like, okay, how can we advertise and market the military as something interesting? We need to hit the right age group and the right, you know, it's, it's a fact that there's way more men going into the military than women. So in theory, the demography is extremely good by hitting gaming, right? It's Mm -hmm. young men who might not have a longer education or might be in limbo between going to college and finishing high school. Stuff like this. Or going pro-gamer. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think this is a really good... It's a super good target audience. So, like, as far as that goes, I think that's a great, like, choice for them to target that. The way they do it, though, I'm not so sure if uh, if the way is to kind of make their own esports team, uh, which they did. There was, like, the... Wasn't there one? Like, a U.S. Army esports or whatever. Um, no and the way they do their twitch presence I'm I'm not sure if the way they do it is right but I think the target audience, there's nothing wrong with that and trying to reach the people that you think would be interested right, that's just it's kind so of good gonna, for both sides when are we going to see
0: the armies of respective countries all own teams and then they play each other in some competition <laughs> <laughs> and that's
1: how we handle wars and then
0: you show up with a US general there ready to coach <laughs> his team to victory <laughs> <laughs>
1: The U.S. declares war, and then it's in <laughs> Call of Duty. In
0: Call of Duty. Uh, they're playing in over,
1: instead of playing over $500,000, they're playing over $10 billion in oil. <laughs> yeah, that's the Who future. Who gets this I'm territory
0: ready. in this game of Dota? <laughs> i uh, Okay, yeah. so next topic. Again, we've got a lot of random ones today. Uh, the official Twitch sports channel has been released, Cinderin. This channel yeah. will act as a hub for fans to quickly find feature streams under the sports directory by simply using the extension to see what's live and what's coming up in the world of sports and wrestling across. I like how they say in the world of sports and wrestling across Twitch. Guess wrestling is just not a sport. I mean, is WWE a sport? I mean, what it's do you technically
1: performance art, right?
0: Right. Uh, is a requirement for a requirement for a
1: sport is that it's competitive, right? There needs to be a winner and a loser in a sport.
0: Right? And it can't be rigged, I assume.
1: And in WWE, it's, you know, or in, in wrestling in general, it is scripted. So I, mean, I it guess said, it can't qualify as a sport,
0: right? It says wrestling. So wrestling is different yeah. than WWE I mean, in theory. That's true.
1: Right? Regular wrestling is a competitive sport. Right. So, yeah, it's I don't know It's just funny about that, that they like, say
0: sports and yeah. wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, what do you think of this? pretty cool
1: yeah the thing that i'm thinking is uh something that twitch has done a lot over the last years is try different kinds of content and see how people interact with chat in it and seeing how other things fly on twitch like whether they show say the whole pokemon marathon or bob ross or these kind of things that used to air on tv Hmm. i think a lot of people really enjoy the experience with twitch chat so i think with sports it could actually be super fun um and become very popular. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how much they need to pay for the rights. Because uh, obviously the sports channels really want the rights. The exclusive rights for the uh, big tournaments Dude, and stuff. Imagine uh, these athletes it reading
0: the comments during the game. Like they go watch the broadcast. <laughs> and like these racist comments constantly. Or whatever toxic Twitch chat usually brings to the table. Yeah. And it's, it's a little different. Like you definitely have to get used to that kind of thing.
1: It's kind of coming full circle, though, because you remember, like, this is one of the classic arguments that people use when they're like, why do people watch video games? Why don't they, like, Mm. it's nothing like watching a, a sport. And then people are like, well, think of it this way. When you're in a stadium, people are just yelling and cheering for their favorite teams while they're watching. Like, it's loads of noise, loads of bullshit being thrown around. People are just having a good time watching the game. And on Twitch, it's kind of to an extent not it's not the same experience, but it's kind of similar when you're watching a tournament and the fans are going wild and chat over whatever. Now, it's like that, but it's just with the sport itself also on Twitch. Um, So, yeah, I honestly think this could be a hit. I really do. Uh, But the biggest question mark for me is how much is Twitch willing to pay? Because broadcast rights and sports are really fucking expensive. Um, And obviously, I I think exclusivity will still be a thing, right? So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I right. I know they've done some NBA G League, I believe it's called now um, on Twitch. And I was not offered a position, but somebody told me that I should apply to cast some of that. But it it sounds really cool in theory, but it would only be cool if it's NBA for me, like people that mm-hmm. I know, because I would know a lot about it. Like I, I know a shit ton. Not to toot my own horn, but if it's like G League, I, I do uh, of these players. I would watch really you. Uh, ca- I would watch you cast basketball. And the Phoenix Suns lose again. I'd be so into <laughs> it, man. I, I'd have a lot of fun doing that shit for sure. We suck. I, because the funny thing is I have to, I'd be just like a Dota cast Where I'd go off on rants About the, these guys that are suspended Because they go to strip clubs Like oh, nobody talks about yo, that During real You would be
1: casting basketball And you would be going off topic Talking about Dota and <laughs> basketball Just like you do in our podcast Boy you
0: know? like, This Devin the audience sure be like, is like then, And then you'll
1: be like Oh there's like five to ten people That are giving me positive comments They're Like please talk about Dota Every time you cast basketball And then there's literal
0: <laughs> thousands Saying why the fuck Are you talking about Dota And then it's
1: exactly like this podcast
0: Yes I appreciate you know. every single one of you five people that says you like the NBA talk. Uh, next thing, the Xbox Series X Games <laughs> Showcase. All right. If this if Xbox, <laughs> Xbox Sex, I don't know how that hasn't caught on yet. That is, every time I say this, I get angry at how bad. Oh, it's so stupid. Anyway, they announced a lot of their games. Uh, the yeah. big ones for me. Well, the first one I don't really care about, but I know a lot of people do, is Halo Infinite, which will be the mm-hmm. spiritual reboot for the Halo series, which obviously is their big seller. And then the one I'm interested in, Cinderin, is Fable. Oh, the, one of the few RPGs that I've loved, along with Jade Empire oh, you back in the day. I actually
1: loved an RPG? I, I love Fable. I like any of them.
0: I, oh, wow. Fable and Jade Empire. I don't know what it is about them. I just like them a lot. Mm. Uh, and there's I've no number. I've never played Fable, actually.
1: So really? I can't, I can't tell you. Yeah, it's, I've played a lot of different RPGs, both single player and online, but I've never played Fable. Okay. So well. that will be, you'd be the one talking about that. I can't contribute with anything on Fable, Syndrome.
0: actually. Fable is so good. Okay. The reason, okay. This uh, will tell me why for it's you. good when you hate all RPGs. All right, I can't tell you why I like it. Uh, I can tell you some reasons why I like it, but I can't tell you why I like it versus other rpgs because jade empire doesn't have this aspect that i'm going to discuss so i don't know why but okay uh first of all this was made by the same guy originally i don't know about now named peter molyneux this is based off memory Do you know who that is mm-hmm. no he made black and white your favorite oh, game
1: well that is a good game
0: so again like i was super That's hyped for black and white game. didn't like it in the end but this guy has like some cool ideas so fable is really cool because you your character Becomes evil or good or somewhere in between based on stuff that you do. It was the first game to ever do that, and I always found that very black and
1: white. Like, yeah, that's the same like way that you train your animal.
0: Yeah, if you beat the shit out of your monkey, it's gonna become evil and very angry. Mm. And if you caress it, it'll become a saint or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, Fable, I'm really excited for. And the cool thing is, I, based on what I've heard, I haven't actually confirmed this myself. I hope this is true. It's on PC as well, which is great because God knows I'm never going to own a product named Xbox Sex. Okay, that's not going to be allowed in the house. <laughs> so I will be able to get it on PC. So I'm happy about that.
1: So this is a new Fable <laughs> game, right? It's not a relaunch,
0: right? Fable, and they it don't have a, a number game. by it for some reason. But yes, it's new.
1: Okay, if that comes out on PC, like you said, that's probably a game I should check out. For sure. Yes,
0: highly for recommended.
1: This so next episode will be. There's been more than one Fable, Fable, right? There's been yeah. like three or something. There's been several, I think I, yes. I think I gifted one of them. I'm pretty positive, actually. I gifted one of them to my girlfriend some years back, and she played it. Um, so I do think we have one of the games in the house. But what do you... So have you played all of them, or just the first one?
0: Just the first.
1: Okay. So you don't know if like the overall like progression has been worse I per think, game or anything? I like
0: think that. I played a little bit of the third, I want to say, but I never finished it, for whatever reason. Okay. I was probably trying to go pro and Counter-Strike at that time. So I had a lot of things on my mind. Oh, it's been that long? Uh, no, I'm just kidding about that. Okay. That was when I was already washed up playing Source, probably. Okay. Anyhow, that sounds more like it. Yeah, so when that comes out, uh, I'm going to be very hyped for it. And last topic before we get to the mailbag. Uh, this <laughs> one is as random as it gets, guys. There was a Ukraine hostage situation where 13 people were held hostage on a bus. All of them uh, were freed and unharmed after President—I'm going to butcher this—Volodymyr Zelensky spoke by phone with the hostage taker and agreed to his demand to endorse a 2005 animal rights documentary, *Earthlings*, narrated by Hollywood actor Joaquin Phoenix. Sindarin, do you see the lengths that what people go to if you don't watch the movies they want you to watch? Okay. <laughs> what do you? This is so random. Obviously, this is like a. It was an animal rights thing. He's a. Yeah. There's not much else to say other than I just found this story completely random. I saw it on my feed and I literally couldn't. I thought it was the Onion, but it was real. I mean, I
1: think I think what is important to remember when you read this and you think it's funny is that it was a real hostage situation, yes, and that true. is still terrorism. So, yes. like whatever. Whatever his goals were and how admirable they might be to draw attention to animal rights or whatever, you don't fucking do it by taking thirteen people hostage. Okay, there's something wrong with this person. And it's like they should be punished like any hostage situation. Uh of course. like And I mean, sure, you can endorse this film or whatever. I mean, any any president in the right mind would avoid putting people's lives at risk to do something so overall minuscule here as what this is, but like Guys, if you're trying to draw attention to a cause, don't do this. Do, uh, do it in a good way. Because the people, the people that were part of this were probably fucking terrified, right? I mean, it's one thing that you're being taken hostage. But then when you find out you got taken hostage so that earthlings can get some more attention, you know, it's, uh, it's, kind of, it's really
0: fucked up, man. Like, it's literally unbelievable. I'll just say it's that. It's actually unbelievable. It, it does sound like something fake. It and the really fact does. that a president did, like, in the U.S., like forget about politics and who's currently in office, and all this Any president would never have done this, no matter what the the u s strategy is you do not negotiate with terrorists. I don't know if that's actually what they do every time or if there's exceptions, but historically that's been the case so it's just interesting to I think see.
1: negotiation is a lot of the time a really good way of going about it because the people that have demands like that will i mean not at all an expert on this but if you do something like this, it's a mental health issue, right? Mm. Kind of like in at least a lot of cases, if not the vast majority, this will be a mentally a, a person that just has mental health issues, and a lot of the time, you can you can meet them somewhere and and try to work it out. Where if you go the hard route, they might just you know go the whole way, right, and start taking lives and whatnot. So it, it's like really. I think it's really delicate. I can't say, like in movies, for example, when you depict hostage situations in movies with like trading and you get, you get like one person at a time or whatever, like these kind of things for information. Like, I, don't, I don't know at all how much root in reality that has with how you actually handle these situations, but uh, it's a person at the other end, right? And that's, you know, it's, it's something to think about that you can usually reach people in some way. Um, so I think negotiation... Can definitely be the right way a lot of the time, but no, let an sure. expert do it.
0: <clears throat> All right. The last thing is the Patreon mailbag, which I will create out of thin air because we didn't get any interesting questions.
1: Oh, that's why the question's so bad. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I figured this would be fitting because it is a 10 year anniversary. Uh, yeah. Right now, it just says, "What's your favorite StarCraft memory?" We can say Blizzard if you want to do that instead. Um. Okay. For me, for StarCraft specifically, Brood War playing... I mean, I played it super casually. I loved Zerg. I loved BGH, which was kind of like easy mode in StarCraft. Uh, But I think maps like that really helped popularize the genre. Like the try-hard 1v1s, Mm -hmm. I think obviously they had their place and people took it very competitively in terms of esports. It was the top of the game at that point, but... Maps like BGH, the casual side of things, uh, really helped explode video games, in my opinion. And that was like in, when was that? Like middle school, high school for me. So a lot of, a lot of good memories playing BGH back in the day. I
1: did not play StarCraft 1,
0: actually. Wow, you're a never, disgusting human. I
1: game. never owned
0: the game. And I Everybody think... Everybody owned the I, game, center. Everybody had a CD key think, illegally. Okay,
1: listen. I think a big part <laughs> of the reason I didn't own the game was that we did not get internet in my house until after Reign of Chaos came out. And I remember this because wow. it was super exciting for me to visit my friend. I would bike to him. He lived like four kilometers away out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, and I would bike to him with uh, to play war chasers this is one of my very fondest warcraft memories because it was so new and exciting for me i had been playing warcraft 3 on my own at home with without internet. so i played the campaign and i played like custom uh just like the spamming box six map you could play or whatever (laughs) yeah exactly i had been playing that a lot Mm -hmm. and then i went to my friend and i was like wow when we play together this shit is so fucking cool i remember how excited i was to go to his place to play war chasers which is a pretty basic you know little Uh, level up rpg whatever where you could play different like models and characters from warcraft 3 we would play that and that's one of i think only three custom games that blizzard released with frozen throne i think Mm. or was it reign of chaos maybe reign of chaos Um, by the way i got into that and i was super excited and then when we got when we got internet at home following that uh, i played so much online warcraft 3 and i think my gateway drug, if you will, into Dota was actually Tides of Blood. I don't know if you remember that custom map. Nope. Uh, that was a it was a Dota type game with like lane creeps and heroes that you could level up. Uh, max level I think in that game was 18, and the games were probably something like 30 to 45 minutes or whatever, like Dota ish. Uh, but it had a lot of cool hero concepts, um, and I remember playing a shitload of that with my friends. Um, so, I mean, all of my fondest Blizzard memories are probably going to be from Warcraft 3, right? And, and World of Warcraft. Those are my top three games of all time. Both of those games are in there. Um, so,
0: It's funny, because yeah. for work, I, I liked Brood War quite a bit on a casual level, <clears throat> and it's RTS. Um, but Warcraft 3, when it came out, I got it. I played a lot of it, but I never really liked it as much as Brood War. I didn't like the idea that you had fewer units... And they were just that much more important to move them back, micro them. Like, I know it sounds Mm -hmm. weird, but from a casual perspective, micro was more important in Warcraft than Starcraft. Like, if you're playing high-level Starcraft, obviously micro is going to be far more important than Warcraft. But you didn't have to micro on a casual level. But for Warcraft, it felt like you did. And I didn't like that aspect. So... For Warcraft, I just got more into the mods. Uh, specifically, how did Dota. you think
1: about the hero unit? Because I think I li- that was uh, one of the things that split yeah. people a bit when it came out—that they felt no, like I, that should. I liked either.
0: the heroes. Uh, I didn't. They—they okay. they felt very tanky. Their abilities, if I remember right, were not like super powerful or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, we had a lot of good memories with that one. Uh, but obviously, the the custom games were where it's at for me. Warcraft Three is like, mm-hmm. I think, the best platform of all time for mods, easily. Yeah.
1: It was. Um, that map editor was actually so crazy good for its time, right? Dude, I made
0: a couple maps. They were pretty bad, but they got high ratings on a lot of the websites, Sindarin. Really? Yes. Why haven't People, you ever shown me that? That sounds beca- like fun. Because I don't know where to even find them anymore. Oh. But yeah, they were cool. I, I mean, there was such a... Like, the map editor itself was so easy to use, too. Like, I didn't know shit. I make some kind of cool maps. Um, as long as you don't have to get, like, those crazy triggers and you have to know all that crazy
1: shit i remember i remember trying to make a tower defense with my friend and we actually got somewhat far and then we just stopped completely (laughs) out of nowhere just lost interest i guess it was it was pretty scuffed i'll be honest uh but yeah we were working on one at the time i think we were we would have been in ninth grade so we were probably 14 or something and if for two 14 year olds with no programming experience can make a custom map it says something about you know the functionality that it has yeah for sure Uh, so that was very good
0: all right. Well, that brings this episode to an end. I believe we didn't even talk about the Immortal Treasure oh. at all. Uh too late, but did you like it? Im- immortal Treasure 2? Yeah, did we talk about it? I don't think so cuz that was
1: this Oh wait. Last I actually I don't know why in my mind Immortal Treasure 2 we had already talked about. But it's only Immortal Treasure 1 we've talked about, huh?
0: Right. Uh that
1: will be next week. Nah, will, that's not interesting yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> all I, of mean, I made a video that, We can that's spend another
0: one and a half hours rating the sets with visuals. <laughs> that was great. Pe- people loved that episode. That was our highest rated of all time. Did was you it? like the, it or not? The, How about that? The the
1: chest review? Yeah. People hated no, it. I, I genuinely can't tell if you're being serious. If no, people love pe- that, we
0: should pe- do it. No, no, no. People hated it. I was being so. Oh, they hated it. They actually okay. hated it. Yeah. We got a lot yeah, of terrible okay. comments about well, it. Well,
1: then I... St- like, either way, when it's that polarized, I think we should give it its own episode. It just, <laughs> it, it, All right. it, it's a lot of attention, right? So that's great. No. Uh, overall, good chest. Um, like, it's so hard to just summarize something like that in like two minutes on the spot. But I think I gave it, pretty it, consistently... How about this? I'll give my yeah.
0: rating because I already did a video okay. on it. You just can for the too, chest
1: okay. in its entirety without yeah, I, giving details. Just rate the chest. Okay.
0: So... I didn't give a rating to the original Immortals because I didn't think of this really Mm -hmm. fascinating idea of doing a horse head rating, but if I did, it would be three out of five. I thought it was a very average Immortals, which doesn't mean it's bad, but we're comparing Mm -hmm. it to other Immortals that have come out. This one, I gave a four out of five. I thought it was quite good. Uh, The rares, which I don't know how much you put that into your rating or whatever, but uh, the Ursa specifically was extremely good, obviously. Uh, One of maybe the best of all time. I think some people did not like it though. So that might be a bit of a different opinion than some people are used to. But based on what I'm looking at in the chest now, the fact that there were so many ultimates that got changed, I thought was huge. You had Sven, you had um, Magnus, and Slardar. Yeah, All very obvious effects. I thought Slardar's was really good. And Jakiro. Although that was a rare, I believe. Yeah, that's Um, a rare. And then a hero like Troll where typically his effects aren't very noticeable uh, compared to a lot of the crazy effects in game. He finally got some love. So I, I thought this yeah. was a really good Immortals chest. Yeah,
1: it's good. I agree. It's 4 out of 5. If we do it from 1 to 5, it's a 4 out of 5. And I think what it takes to make it 5 out of 5 um, I don't know, I, I think the Ursa Ultra Rare is really cool and cute. Um, it's, it's definitely And it changes a great... his
0: taunt. That's so cool that they did that.
1: Yeah, that's like the least important thing, Shannon. About, huh?
0: <laughs> Dude, that is so cool, so <laughs> yeah. cool. They added thimbles. To I him, like, like never used good. It,
1: It's kind of a cool idea, though. I agree with that. It's cool that they go like a little bit of an extra way to make that more engaging and fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think a couple of the a couple of the non-rares could have been a bit rare. I think all of the rares are actually really good. I like the Slaughter one. I really like the Jakiro one, which is just a rare, not even a very rare. The Jakira one is really cool. Uh, but a couple of the lower ones could have been a bit better. Uh, I think the Sven one is doesn't really impress me too much. Um, but overall, it's definitely good quality. But to get it a 5 out of 5, some of the more common ones needed to be bumped up a little bit. So I, I the thing I will good.
0: criticize, and even though you said you liked it, I think the regular Slardar effect is better than the Golden, personally. Um and yeah i think
1: there's a couple of those right in general so right but i think the biggest that
0: criticism that people have had is the jakiro item does not work it's the same slot as the one that was in the collector's cache with the lava coming out of the back true where yeah. it doesn't have to be if they just separate it into two slots which i think does make sense to have like a back slot mm-hmm. and a wing slot uh, but right now true. you can't use both i, I believe so that's that a very good point yeah. is the unfortunate part so okay that yeah. brings this episode to an actual end now. Cinderin, uh, have you seen the Bruce?
1: Not yet, Shannon. I will watch it. Wait, I've never said that before, have I? Uh, I will think <laughs> about watching it. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm not going to make promises like that because that I hate not delivering on promises. So, mm. But I will definitely think about it. And I have. I promise you I have thought about watching it. And I will continue to do so until I have watched it.
0: I feel like that it makes it worse that you've thought about it so much and still haven't done it, you know? But that's... I'll keep thinking. That's okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, Suns fan, Cinderin, signing out. I did this whole episode without socks. Okay, bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything But thanks for listening Yeah